Today we celebrate the feast day of St. Cyril of Alexandria, who died in 444. He is one of the greatest of the Greek fathers, and he defended correct doctrine against the Nestorians, who denied the unity of the person of Christ. And he was at the Council of Ephesus, which was in 431, which defined that Christ is one person and that Mary can be called the Mother of God, Theotokos. Um, the idea, of, of course, is this. There are two natures in Christ. This is something that will be more carefully defined later on at Chalcedon. But, uh, but the unity of the person of Christ is what's important here. Because Mary cannot be the mother of a nature. She can only be the mother of a person. And since the person that we're talking about is both man and God, therefore we talk about her as being Mary, as being mother of, of Jesus, one person with two natures. They, she is therefore mother of God. Now this will be this is something that will be uh, more carefully clarified uh, in later uh, teachings of the church. But uh, Cyril of Alexandria is one of these uh, fathers who upheld in a special way uh, the uh, proper, the good, correct doctrine um, against the uh, Nestorians, uh, heretical Nestorians who denied the unity of the person of Christ. Today is also the feast of Saint Apollonia, who was also from Alexandria, and um, she was. She, she was killed in about 250 A.D. under the Emperor Dacius. There were uh, a terrible persecution under the Emperor Dacius, and many of the early martyrs that we have were persecuted under him. Uh, she was tortured uh, brutally and eventually burned alive. Um, they broke her teeth, sometimes depicted with tongs. Um, She'll be very often depicted holding tongs with a tooth in it, or with her torturers, you know, extracting teeth from her. And uh, then they they built a fire and threatened to burn her uh, in it. And uh, she broke free from her captors, and she threw herself into the fire. And uh, it was said uh, that. Uh, in the fire, she shone so brightly that it must have been the Holy Spirit shining out of her. And this is, of course, an apparent suicide, isn't it? And this was written about by the fathers of the church, and it was debated um, that about whether or not it was okay for Christians, uh, was it permissible to commit suicide in order to avoid persecution and torture? However, uh, the, the best writers say no, no suicide is permitted, and that Apollonia must have been acting under some very special grace of the Holy Spirit, and that she shouldn't be imitated on that point. Uh, St. Augustine, for example, writes this in the City of God in Book 1, um, and he also uses the, the example of Samson, you remember the, the, the story of Samson. Um, he had lost his strength and was the captive of the, of the, the Philistines. 
And when his hair grew out again, God returned to him the special uh, gifts that he had as, as a Nazarite and gave him his strength back. And when he was chained between two pillars in the in the temple, um, he used his massive strength to bring the whole temple down on all of his captors and on himself. And so Augustine, in dealing with this issue and the issue of suicide, um, says that this is an exceptional command of God to do what he did. It was an exceptional, must have been an exceptional command of God for Apollonia to do what she did. And in this, they are not to be, not to be imitated. So it's a, it's a sore subject. It's a touchy subject. But um, I think basically we have to uphold the the principle that um, suicide, you know, suicide is almost like treating yourself as if you own yourself, like you are your own possession. If you are, if you can, the, the problems with that uh, position is that if you are something that can be owned by a human being, yourself, then you can be owned by another human being as well. If you are not truly, um, if you're just a possession of yourself, then who, then who are you truly? Um, it, in a way, it fragments you as a person. And, you know, we return to the issue of uh, the unity of the person of Christ. Uh, what can be attributed to him in one nature must be attributed you know, to the other. He's a person. So, as persons, uh, we don't own each other. We belong to God. And the, it's wrong uh, to kill a person, um, an innocent human being. There are, certain, there are exceptions to this, you know, in self-defense and so forth. But uh, suicide happens to be a form of homicide. It just happens to be that you... <laughs> The, kill, the person you're killing happens to be yourself. You know, if you kill someone else, it's called homicide. Well, if you kill yourself, it's called homicide as well. The sui comes from sui. It comes from a from the, the pronoun in Latin that refers to the that refers the action back to the the subject of the of the sentence. Um, so you're you're committing uh, self homicide, and um, of course there are all sorts of mitigating. Um, circumstances having to do with suicide, just as there is in the commission of any mortal sin. Um, there's the objective dimension of a sin, and there's the subjective dimension of a sin. There, um, you commit an action which is objectively sinful, and it is objectively sinful. For example, if you steal something, if you steal something, that's wrong. It's wrong to steal something, objectively speaking. However, there may be circumstances such that stealing whatever it is either mitigates the guilt that you have or exonerates you completely from the guilt. For example, if your family is starving and there's no other way to get food but to steal it, well, that's a mitigating circumstance. Um, in order to commit a mortal sin, we have to uh, know that it's a sin and we have to will to do it. We have to will to do it anyway, knowing that it's wrong to do. And um, there are certain circumstances when a person is not in, in right possession of his or, or her faculties or will. Um, for example, when they're under terrible duress or um, you know, being, being forced or being, being you know, savagely punished or threatened or, or threats being leveled against your loved ones or, 
or if you're impaired in some way, if you've been drugged or you're drunk or you're or mentally unbalanced or unstable or something like that, and don't have full possession of your knowledge, your faculty of knowing and willing, well, those can be mitigating circumstances. The act committed objectively might be morally sinful, but subjectively, then you might not be entirely guilty of it, or you might not be guilty of it at all. And so all these things have to be um, considered in, in the commission of a, of a mortal sin. It's even in the commission of, of a mortal sin, like suicide. And I think you, one could argue that people who, who commit this terrible sin um, are very often not in full possession of their faculties. And also, we, uh, we rely very much on the mercy of God. We don't, we don't know how... We don't know how God handles these things, and we uh, we entrust all these people, these poor people who reserve to this this act, um, to the mercy of God, um, trusting that He will be very good to them. But um, in any event, uh, the the example of Saint Apollonia, um, I guess I will stick with Augustine. Um, she is not she is she is to be imitated in her bravery and standing up to her persecutors. But she is not to be imitated in the, the final act of, of basically committing suicide by throwing herself into the, into the fire. Um, and so this is a question that has been hotly debated all the way back to the very beginnings of the church. And the examples of the lives of saints continue even today uh, to give us a lot, of, uh, a lot of food for thought, a lot of instances to... to uh, to work with in order to contemplate how we deal, how are we to deal with the vicissitudes of life when they come to us.